hello there and welcome to what is a bit of a historic occasion. Uh, this is the inaugural episode of the GCSA podcast, and I don't know that you realized you were t- playing a role in history when you downloaded and then hit play on this podcast, um, but you are, and we are extremely excited and appreciative that you have taken the time to not only download the podcast, but to listen. Uh, my name is Scott Hollister. I am the editor-in-chief of Golf Course Management Magazine, GCSA's official publication, and I am the host uh, of this podcast. And this is the very first, as I've mentioned, and uh, for those of you uh, who, who've shown an interest and are uh, uh, listening uh, to this podcast, you might be asking why, what's the, the background behind this? And um, w- what I can tell you is, is, is why we are starting a, a podcast here at GCSAA um, is the fact that we have always uh, tried to communicate with our members from an association level in all the ways that they want to be communicated with. Um, From the magazine's perspective, what that means is we deliver a print publication. Uh, We have added a digital uh, version of that print magazine um, that can be accessed online. We have our new website, which is www.gcmonline.com. We're active in social media. Uh, the broader association is, is very, very similar. They have, uh, we have our website, www.gcsa.org. We have uh, uh, weekly e-newsletters in GCSA This Week and uh, The First Cut, which is actually a, a GCM-branded uh, uh, product. We have our social media channels. So... We've always focused on serving our members and connecting with them in in ways that they want to be connected with. And and really, that was one of the founding impetuses behind uh, this podcast. Uh, Another way to look at it is is we want members to to drive new programs and initiatives here at the association. When these members express an interest in something, when they are um, showing... uh, renewed focus on a certain area or a certain topic, uh, the association wants to be there uh, to respond. And as we'll get into a little bit with our first guest, um, and he'll, uh, that's Mr. Red Evans, the CEO of GCSA, he'll explain a little bit behind the, uh, the, uh, how this uh, discussion and how podcasting really went from more of a, just a concept uh, and, a, and a casual discussion among staff here at the at uh, the association to to an actual thing that we that we are launching here this month, and it involves an industry a stalwart, Mr. Matt Schaefer, and and Rick gets gets into that um, in our in our first segment. But so here are the details. What what's this podcast going to be about? First off, it's going to be a monthly podcast. We are starting here in September, and every month we are going to to release a new one. You're going to be able to access those podcasts uh, both through the GCSA website at uh, www www.gcsa.org slash podcast, that singular podcast. Um, you're also going to be able to subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, really any place that you get uh, your podcast, you're going to be able to subscribe and get uh, notifications every month when there's a new one available. Uh, what's going to be? What are you going to listen to? Well, we're going to have a mix of uh, a lot of different things uh, here on the podcast. We're going to talk about uh, GCSA podcast, excuse me, products and services. 
We're also not going to edit. That's why that little fumble is not going to uh, leave this intro. But um, we're going to talk about GCSA products and services. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, to prominent figures uh, within the golf course management industry. We're going to try to tie things in with content that you'll read about uh, in GCM. So we're, we're going to try to keep it educational. We're going to try to keep it informational. And we're going to try to keep it entertaining. This is going to be a, um, a, a more of a ca- casual conversational way that we're going to be able to connect with members and uh, deliver them uh, news information and education. And as we look towards the future, there's all sorts of other crazy things. None of it will promise at this time. We might, You might get daily mini pods uh, from us uh, when we're at big events, such as the Golf Industry Show, maybe a U.S. Open or a, a PGA. We might have a full network of podcasts available, so maybe one or two a week that you'll be able to choose from from a whole variety of sources. So lots of stuff that we're talking about. We'll see how this one goes and and expand accordingly, but uh, we, we could not be more excited to be bringing that this to you. Our very first one, as I mentioned, starts off with an interview with the CEO of the association, Mr. Red Evans. We talk about this podcast. We talk about some uh, uh, topics that are going on in the industry right now. We talk about his penchant for climbing mountains, which I think you'll find very interesting. We're also going to talk about the new Environmental Leaders in Golf Awards program, some changes that have taken place in that program, and we'll do that with Mr. Mark Johnson, who's the Associate Director of Environmental Programs here at GCSAA, and Gary Ingram, who is the Certified Golf Course Superintendent at Metropolitan Golf Links in Oakland, California. And then we're also going to have a little fun and talk about the Ryder Cup, which, uh, as I record this today, is uh, two weeks in the future. Uh, We've got a group of 10 GCSA members who are flying to Paris to serve as volunteers on the maintenance crew at La Golf National. And we speak with uh, two of those folks, Mr. Brian Getka, who is the Certified Golf Course Superintendent at Fountainhead Country Club in Hagerstown, Maryland, and also with uh, Stephen Murphy, who is the Assistant Superintendent at Ole Miss Golf Club in Oxford, Mississippi. So uh, excited to bring, uh, bring that all to you. Thank you for listening. This uh, edition of the GCSA podcast is being brought to you by the 2019 Golf Industry Show in San Diego, February 2nd through the 7th next year. For more information, you can go to www.golfindustryshow.com and a registration for that event opens October 16th. We're also being brought to you by GCSA's Get a Member Promotion, which uh, is set up that through October 31st, if you are a GCSA member and you refer a new member to the association, you'll get a $75 gift certificate and be entered into a drawing for a full pack registration to GIS 2019 in San Diego and a five-night hotel stay in that lovely California city. So... Off we go. Here is our conversation with GCSA CEO, Red Evans. Happy to be joined on the very first GCSAA podcast by the CEO of GCSA, Mr. Red Evans. Uh, Red has been with GCSA since 2009, joined the organization as the chief operating officer and was promoted to CEO in 2011. And Red, does it seem like it's been that long? It's actually gone by extremely quick. I think that's, I think we all can speak to that. I've, I'm <laughs> I'm in year twenty one now, and I just you know I could not even um, if, if if when I hear that number, I, I, it's hard to process. So, well, and I think the older the, you get to, the quicker time goes. I think all of us that are reaching uh, 
our mature years recognize how fast uh, time, time goes. And uh, I think my time here at GCSA is reflective of that. But um, as we're going to talk about, there's just so many neat things going on in this industry and with GCSAA. So I think that uh, definitely helps the time go by. Absolutely. And, and, and the changes that, I mean, even the, we've seen since, you know, 09, 2010, 2011, um, in the industry, in the technology our members use uh, to, to prepare their golf courses, and really some of the technologies that we use to communicate and connect with members. And that's known in the business as a segue into the first topic we want to talk about. And um, someone asked me what we were going to be talking about. I said, well, we're going to be talking about a podcast on our podcast. So the first, first thing I wanted to speak with you is obviously the, this new offering that, we, that we've created for our members in the GCSA podcast. And there are a lot of different ways that the association brings products, services, initiatives uh, to its members uh, in terms of how they're created. Sometimes um, we as staff come up with ideas um, in many, many, many cases, in fact, most cases, it's member-driven. Members express an interest in something, we explore it and, and move on. And, and I think this podcast kind of reflects that, um, that ethos. We heard from members, um, that they, the way they were consuming information, the way they were being communicated to was changing. One of the things they were adopting uh, was, was podcast technology. And I know that this is something that I know you've been interviewed for other podcasts, um, before and it's something you took a particular interest in. Yeah, and I think Scott, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, in today's society, where it's it's very fast paced, uh, there's multiple uh, ways that you can consume your 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 communication content and and become educated. You know, GCSA is constantly looking for those ways to d- to deliver our content content and our message out to our members. And I think we obviously have had and done an extremely good job with our traditional um, means of communication, such as the magazine, uh, GCM. You look at our website, uh, extremely robust and active. You look at our newsletters. You look at our webcast, our, our on-demand education. And, and so I think this, this podcast is, is definitely an evolution as we continue to expand, again, those channels where our members can, can, can receive and, and, and hear what's going on with GCSA, what's going on with the industry, but in essence, really learn from one another. And I really, at this time, I've got to give credit um, uh, to the uh, to, to the idea, to some degree, to Matt Schaefer, who's a good friend, and and we were talking about doing a, a webinar actually around some labor issues and talking about some of the things that are going on in the business that he's seen firsthand, and and now that he's retired and he's out in the field, he's seen um, on a on another on another platform, and and so we started talking. So you know, we got to just do a a a podcast, and I. Well, uh, we're really not set up to do that yet, and so um, you know that kind of started the thought process. And, and of course, with our great staff here and and the ability and the interest in serving our members, voila, here we are, and we're ready to go. Yeah, well, thank you, Mr. Schaefer. Mr. Sh- uh, Matt will be a, a guest on an upcoming uh, uh, podcast where we will, we will discuss those those issues. He's had obviously a long storied career in this business and uh, has a lot of great perspectives. So I'm looking forward to, to talking. Talking with Matt, um, 
you know, as, as we've set this up and the, as the staff has, has discussed how, how best to kind of approach the, these podcasts, um, I think listeners can expect to hear a bunch of different things. Obviously, they're going to hear from folks like Matt, um, personalities within the industry who bring unique perspectives, unique um, viewpoints on topics that are, are, are you know, important to superintendents, uh, issues of the day, things like that. We're obviously going to talk about GCSAA initiatives to try and give give listeners a little deeper uh, insight and understanding into into the programs and services that the association uh, offers. And, and as I mentioned in, ter- in relation to our discussions with Matt, I mean, we're going to talk on uh, the topics of the day. And I know that in, in your travels, um, you hear a lot about the, the big topics, labor, uh, water, uh, regulations, and I think we want to dive deep into those topics, uh, give listeners an idea of what's going on out there, and also really how GCSA is responding to assist its members to to deal with all of those things. No, I think, and, and that's the beauty of this, is is that we have, um, with our 18,000 members in the, in the some 90 or 72 plus countries that, that we're in, uh, they have experienced a lot, and they they have some of the the best practices in place. Um, they've gone through trial and error, and so to be able to uh, do what was established some ninety years ago by John Morley to bring together those best ideas, to bring uh, together superintendents and and those in the business to share those is is what we're all about as an association. So this platform will certainly lend itself uh, to that opportunity. And as you, Scott, have have mentioned, there are some challenges in this business. And as I do travel around, uh, obviously the labor, um, the lack of it, the lack of qualified labor, uh, those issues are real and they're affecting uh, our ability to do do our jobs and, and, to, and to really maintain the golf course. And then when we get into some of the other regulatory issues around water and pesticide use, et cetera, um, those may be in some cases a little more um, uh, unknown. But I think as we continue to communicate and educate one another on what is happening in other parts of the country, uh, you know, we can then again get those best practices, get those out there in a timely manner, and continue to do what uh, our members do best, and that's maintain uh, the great playing conditions throughout the country. Absolutely, and I I, I mentioned this in the intro, uh, kind of the goals of, of what we were hoping to accomplish with this podcast, and why we why we think members should should listen. And that's uh, it's just what kind of what you mentioned. We want to educate, we want to inform, and we do want to entertain. We want this to be kind of fun and um, a little. Uh, uh, off, not off the cuff, but uh, a little more casual, just the conversation that you and I are having right now. So segue number two, maybe kind of moving away. We mentioned educate, inform, and entertain, and I think those are three key words when you talk about the golf industry show. Um, and we're getting getting close to our first milestone as we head towards 2019 in San Diego. Uh, just a few weeks here, October 16th, um, is the opening of registration uh, for GIS 2019, and uh, just what are you looking forward to most about San Diego, one of our most popular locations for for the golf industry show? Uh, it's a, obviously a beautiful place, but uh, personally, what are you what are you excited about as we look towards GIS 2019? 
Well, obviously, San Diego as a city in and of itself is just fabulous. Um, the weather's um, uh, tremendous, and again, the, the city uh, really opens up their arms to us and, and does a great job of hosting our event every, every third year there in San Diego. So that's certainly a, um, a, a highlight, but really when we get down to it, Scott, this is our largest event. Um, it's our uh, opportunity to connect with the most members in a single venue at a single, at a single uh, um, time. And so to be able to take all that we're doing from education to government affairs uh, to our other networking events that we've been able to create over the years and, and to bring those and put those under a, a roof, a single roof at the convention center and other venues in the city, um, really, uh, it's just, it's um, electric um, to be able to, to watch all that come to fruition and, and to see how it, it really affects our members, uh, we think, in a fairly positive way. So that's kind of the highlight, really, for me, is to be uh, with our members. Yeah, I, I I would agree. I've been to every every one since we're talking about the passage of time earlier, <laughs> and uh, I've been to every one since 1999. And um, you know, sometimes people ask me from a staff perspective, you know, what what do we like? We we are, we're always forward facing. Hey, what are our members getting out of this experience? How do we make this the best possible experience for them? You know, from a staff perspective, I can I can tell you, and I think this is shared by all of us. Uh, uh, here at headquarters, um, it's it's our favorite time of the year. It's a lot of work. We put in long hours. Um, a lot of effort goes into to putting this event on. But the payback and the chance to interact with members and spend time um, and actually seeing the people that we're serving all year long in, in one location is just about as rewarding a thing um, as we do. And uh, uh, I know everyone's here is super excited. We're just We're just getting... Fully ramped up. Some folks have been more immersed in it than others at this point as we record this in early September. But that all is going to change, and we're going to be spending a lot more, uh, a lot more time on that. And just for listeners out there, um, the GIS website is www.golfindustryshow.com. You'll want to go there. There's some. Uh, it's a redesigned site. Um, there's an ability to go there and click uh, on a save the date functionality, so it'll post a uh, reminder, uh, so you'll remember when uh, registration opens on October 16th, and you can get in there and uh, get the get the uh, first crack at the classes that you're interested in, and get your uh, get your hotel and all that uh, booked up as well. But uh, GIS, obviously, read a big thing that we're that we're focused on here. Uh, as we move into the fall season, several other uh, topics I wanted to touch on and then wanted to get uh, just a quick uh, uh, personal update from, from you on, on some of the things you've been doing. But uh, one of those is, um, is the First Green, fairly new initiative of, of GCSA. Uh, for those not aware, the First Green is a, an educational initiative where golf courses are used as, uh, as learning laboratories uh, for school children. Uh, program started in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, GCSA has been involved for a long time, but uh, took on an official role this this year. Uh, in your view, the early re- the early returns on on that partnership and that initiative as we've uh, kind of kicked that off nationally here. Yeah, I think when you you look at the program holistically and in terms of what our objectives are, Scott, obviously. You know, it becomes a community asset um, for that golf course, that facility, that superintendent to really demonstrate uh, to in, in these these children and, and their parents, uh, the school district, again, the community as a whole, 
what that venue, what that facility represents. And I think so often um, it's uh, misinterpreted uh, what golf uh, brings to a community. Uh, there's various stereotypes out there that some, some aren't uh, necessarily positive. And so this is really an opportunity to allow uh, our members to demonstrate their scientific background, their environmental approach uh, to, that, uh, to that operation. Uh, to the economic vitality that that course brings to the community. And so, uh, number one, it's, it's a great community outreach effort. Uh, number two, uh, we think that uh, it's a great opportunity for young people uh, to expose them to the game of golf, whether it's on the maintenance side or just the game itself. Great opportunity to get them out of the classroom and, as you said, into a living laboratory where they can touch and feel and, and participate in, in various activities on the golf course. And then secondly, or thirdly, um, it, it really, I think, is going to do well for our advocacy efforts um, as we are able to, again, demonstrate all that uh, golf brings to a community. We can take that message um, and, and, and share it with our, our members of Congress. And uh, certainly we will be extending invitations to them to be a part of this program so they can see firsthand uh, what, is, what is going on out there in the field and, again, the benefits of golf. So uh, we think it's a home run. Uh, many superintendents and others have participated in, in this already. And so I would say to answer your question, um, it, it is already paying dividends in many areas, and we would certainly encourage all of our members to participate. Um, we now have this, again, on a national platform and the opportunity for you to host an event in your community. And uh, as I've been to these, I can tell you uh, that uh, it, it really it, it does feel good um, to participate and to do all that you can to uh, you know, to bring these young people an opportunity that, uh, in some cases, changes their viewpoint. Yeah, and that, it, it's uh, there's always been questions. Okay, uh, how do superintendents, how does the golf course management industry participate in all the grow the game initiatives that are that are going on as we as we move towards 2020? And I think this is a a great one. And I know a lot of superintendents who've been through this would would, would agree that it's exposing. Uh, school children to uh, to something that many of them are don't know about, and I hopefully it creates an interest. It creates interest in the game, maybe interest in the profession. We talked about some of those labor issues, and uh, um, so exciting, exciting program. For more information on that, if you're uh, a superintendent out there looking to kind of dive a little deeper in that, uh, check out www.thefirstgreen.org. And before we let you go, Rhett, I, I wanted to touch on some personal stuff. You and I had a nice conversation yesterday about uh, uh, your recent uh, uh, trip to Mount Elbrus in, in Russia, highest uh, point in continental Europe, I believe. Yeah, yeah, one of the seven summits, so it's the highest in, in, on the European continent. Um, you've done Kilimanjaro, you've done Rainier, um, gonna, I'm going to forget some. Well, a ton, ton here in the States, obviously Rainier and Hood and Mount Whitney is the, the tallest in the lower 48, and that's in California, and, and we've knocked that one out and have our sights on the highest in North America, which will be Mount McKinley at some point. Uh, that's, on the, that's on the radar screen as well. That, that's, that's awesome. How do, anyone who knows you or has consumed some GCSA communications probably knows that you're a uh, uh, you were a, a tri doing triathlons for Ironman, I believe you completed. Correct. Um, and now you've uh, really embarked on on this mountaineering. How'd you get started in that? Was this a transition from, say, 
you know, the triathlon world to to something else to kind of test yourself? Well, ironically, I actually started climbing, technically climbing, before I did Ironmans, and then um, just uh, kind of put the uh, climbing on on a, on a hold and started doing some triathlons. But obviously, uh, where where I'm at in my career and the time commitments um, and the travel. Uh, make it uh, a bit problematic to train for an Ironman. Mm. And so uh, I do believe, though, firmly that all of us, um, especially, again, our superintendents uh, that have very demanding jobs, uh, that they need to find uh, some opportunities to, to recharge those batteries. And, and I've found that uh, being out uh, on a mountain in the wilderness and, and being disconnected, if you will, from the world for a time uh, does, does wonders for the mind, and, and then certainly, um, you know, I, I, for whatever crazy reason, like to kind of, you know, test the limits in terms of my uh, performance, my physical performance. So you put those two together, um, being in the wilderness on a mountain, and then, uh, uh, again, just the physical aspect of it that challenges you. You come back, and, and you really just have a new outlook um, on life. I think it, it expands uh, at least my horizons of what I want to do, and I'm able to bring that back here to GCSAA and and hopefully make a difference. Um, and I think um, our members uh, that, uh, again, are, are stressed and, and have lots of pressures, encourage all of them to find that time to be with family or do whatever to recharge those batteries, and, and they'll come back to the facility, I think, stronger and better. And you've got a core group of uh, friends, colleagues, uh, people you've known for a long time who, who kind of go through this together, right? Yeah, we've got a group of, of, of guys that, uh, you know, are all kind of in the same, same, same boat. Um, they're in their, heavy in their careers and, and don't have a lot of time away from their, from their job. And so, you know, this puts something on the calendar. It, it gives us all something to shoot for. And, and so we, we really have this charted out for the next uh, several years. So, so far, um, we've been successful in bringing everybody together at least once a year for a, for a key climb. Well, that's that's great. I'm, it's, it's something I enjoy, not to that level, perhaps. Um, I've done uh, Medicine Bow Peak in Wyoming, 12,000. All right. All right. Uh, I had a, I, you know, I had a backpack, I had a couple of cliff bars and right. a bottle yeah. of water, you know, yeah. and yeah. knocked it out in about, you know, four or five hours. So very similar, right? Oh to, yeah, yeah, you got 000. it. Yeah, just uh, increase your <laughs> increase your pack weight by <laughs> about sixty pounds, and you should be good. <laughs> That's a lot of bottles of water to carry up there. So. <laughs> Well, Rhett, listen, uh, thank you. A historic moment. It is. This the is very, cool. Yeah, we're, we're super excited. I'm glad you could uh, take some time to join us. I think this is going to be a neat, uh, a neat tool for members, for folks in, in the industry to, to check up on every month, and we're excited to do it. So thanks for taking the time. No, it's good to be here. And again, I'm, I'm just uh, excited that we can continue to fulfill our mission, and, and uh, that certainly is first and foremost uh, to serve our members. And I think... Um, when we look at the time constraints, we look at the, the different uh, um, components of, of what they need to do as they continue to do more with less, I'm hopeful that this opportunity to listen um, as they're uh, driving to and from work or at work gives them a, an opportunity that uh, is needed to be able to hear what's going on in this industry. And, and I think it's, it's, it's vitally important, especially in today's economy, in today's golf environment, that we band together. And uh, hopefully, uh, I would encourage our, our listeners to, to take from these things um, and, and, and really figure out what they can do to give back uh, to their local chapter, to give back to the national, um, to, to, again, just be committed to the profession. And, and uh, when they do that, 
I think we all uh, become more successful. So hopefully this is a platform that, that leads um, to continued success. And I look forward to seeing many of you as I'm out uh, traveling and uh, best of luck with uh, the rest of the season. Well said. Thank you, Rhett. Right now, a quick uh, message about the 2019 Golf Industry Show, which is coming to San Diego February 2nd through the 7th. I will, uh, I will tell you from a personal standpoint, um, uh, GIS has been a part of my life for, uh, gosh, going on, this will be, I believe, year 20 or 21, and don't try to figure my age out of that. But um, uh, And when I first started here at the association, I utilized uh, the GIS, uh, took some basic... Uh, uh, kind of entry-level turf grass classes uh, there, and it really helped me uh, learn more about this business. And I'm a, not more than an armchair agronomist at this point, but uh, it, it was a super valuable event for me. And I know that it's a super valuable event from people who are way, way more than armchair agronomists, the uh, talented and educated superintendents who make up the membership of GCSAA. So uh, can't recommend the event em- enough for world-class education, Unmatched networking, the uh, industry's uh, largest and most progressive trade show this year will cover over a hundred or nearly 180,000 square feet of exhibit space at the San Diego Convention Center. So I hope to see all of you there in San Diego at the 2019 Golf Industry Show. Registration opens for that on October 16th. Again, the event is February 2nd through the 7th. You can head on over for more information to www.golfindustryshow.com. Lots of great stuff there, including a tool that will allow you to uh, uh, set a reminder on your own personal calendar uh, so you won't miss the opening of registration on the 16th. But again, we hope to see all of you at the 2019 Golf Industry Show in San Diego, California, February 2nd through the 7th. Now we will... Have our next segment, excited about this one, a discussion of the new Environmental Leaders in Golf Awards program with GCSAA's Mark Johnson and Certified Golf Course Superintendent Gary Ingram. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome back. We are excited to talk a little um, recognition an awards program that GCSA provides uh, for superintendents uh, to recognize excellence in environmental management of golf courses. And I've got two uh, two sharp folks in, in that arena. Uh, sitting with me here in Lawrence is Mr. Mark Johnson. Mark's the Associate Director of Environmental Programs for GCSAA. Mark, how long have you uh, been with the association? Yeah, I'm in my 14th year, Scott. All right, well, you're trailing me. You're trailing me at, at, at 20. Um, uh, Mark's got a long, long background in the outdoor recreation area, the environmental protection, wildlife, and natural resource conservation arenas. Perfect for this job, and uh, appreciate you taking some time uh, uh, to join us today, Mark. And then on the on the line, we have uh, Mr. Gary Ingram, a certified golf course superintendent at Metropolitan Golf Links in Oakland, California. Gary is a 38-year GCSA member, and he is the uh, previous uh, overall and national public winner of the Environmental Leaders in Golf Awards, which is uh, uh, what we're here to talk about today. Gary, thanks for taking some time to join us today. More than welcome. I'm, I'm honored to be involved in this discussion. 
Uh, well, the reason, the reason we're talking about this is that the application period for this year's ELGAs uh, comes to a close here very shortly. September 30th uh, is the deadline for uh, applications for that program. We're going to go into some, some depth into, into what that all entails because there's been some changes um, to the way the program is structured and, the, and how we're going to, uh, the association is going to recognize uh, superintendents. And Mark, I'll kind of ask you first, maybe just a little bit of a history of the, of the ELGAs um, and um, what, what motivated some of the changes to the program that took place this year. Sure, Scott. Well, the, the Environmental Leaders and Golf Awards have been around since the 90s. In fact, this is about the 25th year. And uh, it's evolved over time with different criteria and has really served the golf course superintendent profession and the golf course management industry well with the identification of uh, superintendents who have demonstrated, you know, professional land management, golf course management, environmental stewardship that have helped us advocate for years. Um, We've had uh, criteria that have shifted to be more modern uh, activities and with changes in technology and course development and developments on the course. And we've gotten to that point where we needed to start to recognize superintendents for uh, smaller steps in achievements, such as water conservation or IPM or outreach. Now, we're not getting away from an overall winner. Eventually, we'll come back. Uh, but this year, we've reframed the awards. We're, we're coming out with four new awards with four primary focus instead of the private, resort, international, and public winners. We're going to have four major award winners. The reason for that is it gives us the ability to demonstrate in key areas that professional stewardship, that professional land management activities of the golf course, and recognize more superintendents for doing things in particular areas of focus that are issues that the golf industry faces, such as water use, pest management. And uh, eventually we'll have an overall winner, but this will give us the opportunity to uh, advocate more across the United States, not just nationally. I think I think that's all. That's those are important steps. You know, I've been fortunate in my role uh, with with Golf Course Management Magazine to help uh, to help report on the winners of these awards throughout the years, uh, and also others just just have really excelled um, in environmental management techniques on the golf course. A lot of them, though, are just beginning that journey, or they've just they said, "Hey, I want to start." In my community, water management is more important than maybe some of these others. I'd like to master that first, and you know, at least from my perspective, I've, I've, I believe that those are important. That we're going to be able to recognize more people for more achievement uh, in the in these areas. So, Gary, you've had a chance, um, obviously, as a past winner of this award. Um, You've had a chance to to kind of review the changes, kind of dip your toe in, in what's going on. When when you first got interested in um, in this part of the of the job of managing your golf course uh, with the environment first, uh, what attracted you to programs like the ELGA? And as you've looked at these changes, um, what are your impressions? What positives uh, leapt, leapt out at you when you studied them? 
Well, you know, I mean, the reason I got into, I started doing this is I, I mean, the, the primary reason I even took this job after I was in sales for about five years is because our company's core values were environmental stewardship and um, outreach or community, community inclusion. And I, I, it was just a perfect fit for me to do this. I just got um, gone through the Audubon certification program, and this is just another way to look at different things that I can improve on and different ways, you know, things I've been successful on and things that I need to review and, and do a better job at. So that was the formula why I started doing it. I also realized through the years that um, the golf course superintendent and the whole golf industry was challenged with the uh, 95% of the people that don't play golf to understand the, how important golf courses are not only to the golfer but to the environment and to the community at large. I mean, they're a major community asset. So I thought advocacy was this was another way to advocate the great things that a number of superintendents do. Um, and then, of course, there is some type of recognition, and that's that was good for our company. For me personally, um, I didn't feel I, it was it was fun. I enjoyed it, but it, it wasn't the primary goal was to get recognition for what I did because as I was going through. Uh, my years of being um, in the sales and um, sales business and just talking to different superintendents, I realized how many superintendents do so wonderful things for the environment and community outreach. And I mean, they huge, huge. I mean, I, I'm not even in the ballpark with a lot of the people don't even apply for these uh, awards. So I, I just thought it was my duty to just take it upon, you know, do this and, and maybe it would advocate some of the things that some of my other buddies did do and, and I could even talk about it when I was on podcasts and, and doing different uh, videos that I've done through the years because of it. Have you seen a... Well, that was why I started the program, you know, why I got into it. Have you seen a direct benefit? Um, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, you were the national overall and public winner uh, in excuse me, the overall and national public winner in 2014 um, has have you seen? Uh, I mean, uh, a PR benefit for for your club um, uh, from winning that award? Has have, have, that has that raised recognition of the work that you're doing there in, in your in your particular situation in there in Oakland? Oh, definitely. Uh, I mean, not only our company, but me, our golf course has been able to communicate with the, with the um, city. We're a city run, well, we're not run by the city, but we have a relationship with the city because we lease from them. And they were very, very excited about it. You know, they start trusting you a little bit more. Um, they're not on you as much about little things because they know that you're trying to do the best they can for not only the environment, but for the community. Um, we have a very, very strong um, community outreach program where we invite, you know, two to 300 kids every year. We do internships here. So it was, you know, it was a perfect fit that um, when they saw that I got the Environmental Leadership Award, then they started to review all the other things we did here, and they were very excited. Mark, you uh, mentioned earlier about some of the uh, benefits from an advocacy standpoint, and GCSA obviously has uh, an extremely active uh, government affairs team and program in place that can advocate 
at various levels, whether that's at the uh, the legislative, uh, the regulatory uh, levels, uh, on behalf of the industry. How do things like this aid in those advocacy efforts? Yeah, Scott, you know, the recognition for superintendents and the awards is uh, is uh, probably one of the best benefits. But what GCSA does is take these stories from the applicants, and specifically the winners, but all applicants. It's good stories. It's good stories about water conservation, land management, use of inputs, nutrient management, pest management, how we demonstrate cultural practices for IPM before spending a lot of money on chemistry. And we take these champions, and as you know, with the GCM, we feature them. And we use those stories when we sit down at National Golf Day. We use these stories when we're facing regulation in states like Florida or Vermont, and we deal with pending regulations because we can show best management practices in golf course management that are science-based, But there's always the question of, okay, you have these, but are they doing them? And we use these champion stories, if you will, the applicants, of just exactly how we use them to protect the environment, to provide healthy turf and quality playing surfaces that drive the economy. And it's about people. You know, the triple Ps in sustainability are the benefits that golf brings. And these stories help us bring it to life and uh, make sense to uh, regulators and uh, legislators and those pending potential impacts to the way a golf course is managed today. Without them, we'd have no stories to tell. And we couldn't drive home uh, the importance of it and how that ultimately then impacts the jobs, impacts what we do, uh, and ultimately impacts communities. And so, Gary, I think that's a really good point, um, Mark, because uh, after I got the uh, award um, and it got on, I, I got calls from city council members, from different people in different organizations that don't even play golf, just saying, hey, I didn't even know. Um, I, and, you know, thank you for what you guys do there. So, I mean, there was directly, it, there was some impact right after the award went out. Um, and you're absolutely right. When you advocate what you do on the golf course and people sort of appreciate that the golf course is not only for the golfer, it's for everybody. It's for the community. The golfers get to use it a whole bunch, but it's for the community and it's good for the environment. Uh, great point, Gary. And I, 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 I like the idea of, of the stories the, the, the success stories, the champions that we have out there in our industry. And uh, as you mentioned, we, we, we tell those stories uh, every month through GCM. Programs like this help feed those sorts of things. Uh, superintendents listening can, can see these stories on GCSA TV. They're going to be able to probably hear some of them as guests on this podcast as, as we move forward. So um, very synergi- synergistic and um, uh, it, it's all about spreading the word. And sometimes it's about spreading the word to the, word to the choir. We're, we're preaching to the choir and to, the, to our own industry. But uh, Mark, as you mentioned, it's also about the uh, about taking this to to external sources, to the public, to legislators, to our government uh, agencies. So, real quick, let me uh, recap 
Some of the basics of the program right there. We'll, I want to get these uh, out there right now. Uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, the application process for the, uh, this year's ELGAs uh, runs uh, through September 30th. Um, you can go, the uh, best place to go to get more information about the program, um, about the, the new uh, system that's being used for the ELGAs, and actually to find a link to apply is by going to www.gcsaa.org slash about hyphen GCSAA slash awards. And once you get to that page, you will see a list of all of the uh, uh, awards the association offers, um, and you'll find the Environmental Leaders in Golf Awards there. Click on that, and they will take you to the page that has all the information and a button to get you uh, into the application process. So, uh, Gary, uh, I know that you got your first, you've, you are starting to dabble as we near this deadline and get your own application um, uh, ready for that. Uh, just your, your impressions of the new program, someone who was... Uh, honored through the previous program and someone who's going to be able to get back into the game in this new program. What were your first impressions as you started to look through the uh, the changes and get your own application ready? Well, you know, uh, as you said, I had 38 years as a GCSA member and I've been in the business for about 40-something years. So uh, the change is always a challenge for um, for someone my age. But with that said... With change comes opportunities for improvement, and that's what I, I was sort of, at first I was really nervous about doing this, um, so what I did was I just took all the questions and uh, put them in a binder and looked at all four of the different, um, uh, the Healthy Land, the Innovative uh, Conservation Award, the Communication Association, the National Resource Conservation. I put all the binder and put all the, the questions and just ran through them to see what where I fit into this whole game, the new 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 program, um, and what they it looks to me if you've already applied or if you're thinking of applying, it's easier to just sort of see where you where where you fit, where where you put your focus on, and what would work best for you. Um, it, it's almost like they took the original one and divided it up into uh, three categories. And then added one, which I'm pretty excited about, was the Innovation and Conservation Award, which I think is going to be able to highlight some of the wonderful things that superintendents do, and we could emanate some of, is that the right way? Anyway, be able to learn from what those are. Yeah, learn from what they do, because that's one of the things I thought was uh, somewhat missing, is that you'd have to go through and see, is there doing anything special that I want to that I want to do, and there's, you know, and I, and like I said, I went when I was in sales, and I went to numerous golf courses and learned about different things or special things people were doing, and this I think will give an opportunity, just one little thing where they can give an opportunity to um, share with the rest of uh, a superintendent some special things that they're doing, and maybe it would work at their own facility. Um, so I just went through and went through each one and uh, wrote down all the questions and started working through it. Um, I'm lucky that uh, I've already somewhat finished the uh, communication and outreach one, which took me a while um, because it's a little bit different. But, you know, once you, once you start getting into it, it's, it's a lot of fun because the main thing that you're looking for that's great about them is it looks – it. Helps you focus on things that you could do better, 
um, things that you can, you know, especially if you want to do a, be successful in the industry, um, I think you have to do more than just grow grass. I think there's a lot of things that a superintendent does and all the things that are on there um, that you would be doing, IPM, pollination, waste management, which is in healthy land, and then the, and the natural resources would be water conservation, water quality, energy conservation, and wildlife. I mean, those guys sort of divided, and if those are the things that you're good at and things that you do, focus on those, and at least do that, you know? Um, when you did the whole thing, it took a little bit more time, um, but it was all-inclusive, and you couldn't really focus on what you thought you were good at. So I, I think it's a good opportunity for more superintendents to possibly uh, get involved and, and fill out the application um, and do a little bit at a time. You know, don't think you have to sit down and do the whole thing. Just read through it, figure out what you're good at, what you want to talk about, and, and just try it. Um, like you say, if you don't try, you'll never know if you can do it. So it, what's really important is to open up the, the open it up and just go through it. And then after you go through it and you want to fill out the forms and and do it online, then that's what I'm that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do everything before I get online and and then do it online. And th- that works best for me. But I think everybody else everybody does it a different way. Right. So that that's what I'm doing. Well, and that's I think uh, what what Gary mentioned, Mark, is uh, give you a bit of the last word here. That's that was the the hope and the, the the design of the program was to was to allow to develop a program that would recognize superintendents in areas that they were doing well in that they were excelling in, even if they were still developing plans in another area. And I I, I think what you probably heard from Gary maybe. Uh, confirms what the what the thought was when those were designed. Absolutely, you know, we got away from having to write a thousand words, and it's questions, yes or no, that address basic B and P's, advanced B and P's, and then you have opportunities to tell why you said yes, and you can add photos and you can add video, which we're encouraging superintendents to do because the judges can actually see what you're talking about when it's pertinent. But the smaller increments of the awards, to a degree, Gary's right. We took the original ELGA and we divided it. And the criteria we used was BMPs. Well, we rolled that into questions. So if you say yes to a lot of them, you're going to rate that fairly high. And then when you give your rationale and your answers in the media, you are set for to be in the top tier just for water or wildlife, whatever your focus is. And we want to encourage, the reason we did this is to encourage all superintendents to not think you have to be 100%, but what you do well, now you can come in here and tell us. And like Gary said, with that Innovation Award, that gives you the opportunity to to demonstrate what you figured out that works for you and share it with your peers and perhaps receive recognition for it. And this was developed by... Over two years with our environmental awards and education task group, two years, two rounds of of really looking at it, and our sponsor Syngenta uh, loved it, and uh, we're really excited because four primary awards, two runners up in each award, so twelve superintendents will be recognized as we move forward with the new ELGA. Well, that that that'll, that'll be exciting. That's from my personal. Uh, 
uh, albeit limited role in, in this program and helping communicate it uh, to to our audience. It's been fun for me to, to meet these guys who win this awards, to talk to them, uh, to interact with folks like Gary. Gary and I didn't know each other until Gary won the award and uh, uh, we had some great conversations and working on the communications and the stories that we wrote about that. And just you, you get to meet so many innovative, smart guys who are doing great things that have great lessons that others in the industry uh, can can learn from. And so I, I uh, commend everyone for their work. It's, it's a great program. Can't recommend it enough. And uh, before we go, I will just remind everyone, September 30th is that deadline. You're going to want to go to gcsaa.org slash about dash gcsa slash awards. You can also, if you feeling like Googling, just hop on and do ELGA, GCSAA, and it will pop right up for you, and you can learn more about the awards and how you can apply. So, gentlemen, I want to thank you for your time. Mark, always great to uh, have a chance to uh, chat with you, and you or I in the, are in the office at the same time. And, thank uh, you. Gary, thanks so much for, for taking some time. I know you've got some projects underway out there in Oakland, and uh, uh, appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Uh more than welcome. I hope things uh, work out well for the new program, and i um, looking forward to being able to uh, participate in uh, the advocacies of uh, what great superintendents do out in, the, uh, out in the field. So thank you so much for your time. Excellent. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Mark. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast right now, uh, there are chances, pretty good chances, that you are a GCSA member, and we thank you a great deal for that. We hope you've uh, uh, see the full benefits uh, that membership can deliver. Um, the education, the networking, the information, the work that GCSA does on your behalf as a superintendent in the uh, in the advocacy space. But uh, having said that, as much value as you get out of your membership, I'm sure you've got peers or colleagues at nearby courses that are not GCSA members, maybe even a member of your own staff who, for whatever reason, has not yet taken the plunge and joined the association. Well, now is the time for you to do that. GCSA's uh, member Get a Member promotional program is running through October 31st of this year. And for every GCSA member who refers a new member to the association, uh, they will receive a $75 GCSA gift certificate. They'll also be entered for a chance to win a GIS 2019 full pack registration and also a five-night hotel stay in lovely San Diego, California. So you'll want to get out there and get some of your uh, friends and colleagues who've not joined the association and talk to them about the value that you see in your membership here and get them to join now because it'll benefit not only them from a professional standpoint, but also you from uh, getting you a little gift certificate and hopefully get you entered in to a free trip to San Diego for GIS. For more information on the Member Get a Member program, please head over to gcsa.org slash about hyphen gcsaa slash membership slash membership benefits. You can also just search membership benefits at gcsa.org. Once again, that's the Member Get a Member promotion running through October 31st. Get yourself a $75 GCSAA gift certificate and the chance to win a trip to San Diego for GIS 2019. Now we're going to head into a discussion on the upcoming Ryder Cup with two uh, superintendents and GCSA members who are heading over there to volunteer on the crew to prepare the course for the competition, Mr. Brian Getka and Mr. Stephen Murphy.
Well, welcome back. One of the most exciting weeks on the golf calendar, at least uh, every other year. Uh, I believe we are two weeks to the day um, as we record this from the start of the Ryder Cup competition this year. Uh, that competition heads overseas into Europe and uh, Paris, France, uh, the golf course uh, Le Golf National. Uh, I don't have my French degree, so I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that completely correctly, but uh, Alejandro Reyes, the superintendent there, uh, he is a five-year uh, GCSA member. He's got a great crew. They have been working tirelessly uh, to prepare themselves for this big event, and this year, something special that's taking place is uh, Alejandro is going to get some assistance from 10 uh, GCSA members from the states who have been selected as a part of a program uh, that's put on uh, partially by GCSA, but in partnership with Martin Sternberg, CGCS, and Capillary Concrete. And 10 uh, U.S. superintendents are going to have the opportunity to travel to France and serve as volunteers on the maintenance crew to help Alejandro and his uh, full-time team there prepare the golf course for competition. Um, these 10 folks will be a little outnumbered by their European counterparts as the competition takes place. But uh, we are very excited to have two of those gentlemen um, and ladies. There's a, a few uh, females who will be a part of that 10-person team, but two gentlemen who will be heading uh, to Europe uh, in a couple of weeks uh, to take part in this program. They're joining us uh, here on the GCSA podcast to just kind of talk about their uh, their expectations, what they're looking forward to, and talk about the big experience. So we'll start off and introduce uh, Brian Getka. Brian is a Certified Golf Course Superintendent. He is at Fountainhead Country Club in Hagerstown, Maryland, a 18-year uh, GCSA member. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And we're also joined by Stephen Murphy. Stephen is the Assistant Superintendent at Ole Miss Golf Club down in Oxford, Mississippi, a six-year GCSA member. I know you're uh, uh, gearing up for a big football game tomorrow, aren't you, Stephen? Yes, sir. That's right. It's... Uh... It's a it's a big day in Oxford. Alabama's coming to town, so it's traffic's right. picking up, and unfortunately, we got good weather, so it's it's a sight to see. Town totally changes yeah, between I, today and tomorrow. I'm I'm sure it does, and by the time most people listen to this, they'll know the outcome of that uh, outcome of that matchup. But again, I I want to uh, I want to thank both of you. Um, uh, for taking the time to join us and, and talk about this this really interesting experience. Um, and I guess, uh, Brian, I will start with you. Uh, how excited are you about this experience? And just kind of a quick, uh, um, you know, quick bio about your career in golf course management and maybe what led you to be interested in applying to take part in this program. Yeah, I'm tremendously excited. Uh, you know, I've been here for 10 years now and I haven't left the farm, so to speak, very much. And uh, you know, the opportunity came up. And it just sounded just amazing. The timing is like perfect for me and where I'm at. And, uh, you know, just jumped all over it. And I just can't wait to get over there. Great. Stephen, uh, same with you. Just a, you know, a quick uh, recap of your career, um, how you got to Ole Miss, and um, just how excited are you about the opportunity to travel to Paris for this event? Oh, uh, yes, sir. Well, I'm from, I'm from Charleston, South Carolina, and I uh, went to Clemson for my undergrad and got my degree in turf management and kind of. Worked my way as a student there, assistant position at the Walker course in Clemson, and then I uh, was kind of looking down the road uh, to getting an MBA and just sort of further my management experience with that, and worked on the golf course here as a student, and things just sort of fell into place in the in the right in the right way, and became the assistant here, and been here as the assistant now my fifth season here, 
Um, so just, uh, things have just sort of worked out, worked out really well for me. And I'm, I'm just tremendous, you know, like Brian's, I mean, just tremendously excited about this opportunity. I mean, I mean, this is really a, a once in a lifetime opportunity here. And we've got, you know, working with some good people at my club and, uh, really just looking forward to kind of learning a whole lot about this, uh, really unique opportunity and bringing back, you know, some new skills and obviously new contacts uh, with some folks in the U S as well. So hopefully some of those, uh, in Europe, and I'm not exactly sure where the European staff is all from, but uh, I'm sure they're as diverse as we are. So we're we're looking forward to getting to getting to learn from their experiences as well. So. Yeah, from from what I know about Alejandro's staff, there uh, Alejandro is, is is Spanish, and um, I, I had the opportunity to to chat with him briefly during a uh, a trip over to the uh, uh, the BTME conference in England, the British uh, or the Biga. Turf Management Expo. Uh, he was a speaker there along with a couple of other uh, superintendents and greenkeepers who had played host uh, to Ryder Cup, uh, Ryder Cups in the past. He uh, he's he's built a very diverse team there, and I you know I think that's you know as I look at this program, and I, I can just tell you both that I'm extremely jealous of the uh, opportunity that you're going to have to to go over there. It sounds like an unbelievable event, and but he's got a really diverse team. I think it's going to be you know for the Americans that are heading over there, it's going to be a a great a great learning experience, a great cultural experience like that. Has there been any? Uh, have you guys had any conversations? And Stephen, I'll let you maybe answer this one first, and then we'll have Brian chime in. Have you? Uh, what sort of uh, conversations have you had with the team over there? Um, what sort of expectations have they laid out for you um, in terms of uh, uh, how you'll be working? What sort of job responsibilities you'll have? And again, uh, Stephen, I'll let you kind of tackle that one first. Yes, sir. Um, well, really, it's kind of uh, kind of a, I don't want to say mystery, but. Uh, We've sort of not really sure exactly what sort of what sort of tasks we'll be working on. We sort of had a questionnaire that we answered asking, you know, sort of what we, you know, I, I don't want it's the wrong word, but what we sort of had proficiency in, you know, rolling greens, mowing, mowing certain things, you know, those sorts of just daily tasks. Um, but really, aside from that, kind of not really sure what we're what we're going to be, or at least on my end, what we'll be working on. Um, so really, I guess I guess I'm not sure is the answer there. I'm looking forward to finding out. I'm sure we'll be doing all you know. I'm sure a lot of walk mowing, if nothing else. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely, there's uh, from what I from what I've seen in videos and photos, there's plenty of turf grass to take care yes, of. Yes, sir. How how's the folks at your club reacted to? Um, uh, to taking part to your interest in this? Um, have they been enthusiastic? Um, are you looking forward to, you know, maybe bring, bringing back some stuff from uh, your experience and, and applying that there at Ole Miss? Oh, yes, sir. We've had, uh, you know, obviously great, great, uh, great response from a lot of our membership and obviously our management's excited to see what I'm going to kind of come back learning about. Uh, I know our department head's looking forward to me going and returning. So uh, we've had, had some had some strange requests about what to bring back. One of our one of our rangers seems to think that we'll have access to the scorecards after they get done, and wants me to bring one of those back. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work out, but uh, you know, looking forward to you know they want us to bring up you know a flag from our club down there, so have a wall of wall of that sort of stuff, and um, you know just all kind. I'm sure no telling what kind of what kind of souvenirs we'll bring back, but certainly looking forward to bringing back something, hopefully to get a, get a flag from the course to hang in our pro shop or, you know, just some, some little things like that we can have. So. 
Yeah, that'll that'll be exciting. You'll want to avoid uh, uh, stealing any official scorecards yeah, for the international. I just yeah, said, no international I'll, I'll do my incidents, best. I don't and, think. Yeah, I just said I'll do my best <laughs> on that one and just kind of <laughs> let it go there. Yeah, we'll we'll leave we'll leave the international incidents to Patrick Reed and there. the crew and let them uh, let them talk trash. And, there we and go. Have some fun out there, <laughs> uh, uh, Brian. Brian, what have what's been the what's been the response to this opportunity from your friends, from your family, uh, from your colleagues? Uh, any strange requests that you've received from those folks? Yeah, no strange requests, but it's just been overwhelmingly supportive from everyone. I mean, every single day for the last two months, somebody says, "When are you leaving? When are you leaving? How long are you going for?" <laughs> you know, it's just every day. <laughs> Everybody's excited. It's it's really cool. I feel the support behind that. That's great. Well, uh, what um, I would, uh, I kind of, Brian, I'll, I'll stay with you on, on this question. Is there is there any one thing that you just personally, when you learned you were going to get this opportunity, was there, did you tell yourself, and there's one, you know, is there one big expectation or one thing you want to take away from this? And, and conversely, is there one thing that you said, oh, wow, this is a little, uh, a little scary, a little out of my comfort zone? I would guess, I, I'm, I'm suspecting neither of you speak French. Is that correct? <laughs> Not a lick. <laughs> all right we are all three of us are in the same club then but um i i know that uh, uh I, I would imagine the lang- the language uh although as as someone who's had a chance to chat with alejandro briefly he speaks really good english i've seen a lot of his his crew members are, are the same in some videos i've seen but uh, brian any uh any big hopes for a takeaway from the event and also any uh uh anything you're like oh this will be kind of interesting once we get over there yeah, I'm really curious of the culture of their, their work staff there. You know, everywhere I talk to, or every superintendent I talk to in my area is just struggling with labor, you know, finding, retaining. I'm curious to go, you know, all the way over there in a very regulated, you know, workforce and just see what's their culture like? What are they doing over there? Um, you know, that, that's my number one issue I've had for the last three years. So I'm really looking into that. You're a big operation, so I want to look into that as well. Um, you know, just just kind of excited to get a different perspective on things in that regard. Um, and you're well, great, Stephen. Uh, I'll kind of direct the same thing uh, at you. What's the what's the thing you're most excited about to kind of learn and, and take away from your your time in Paris? Uh, I mean, in addition to what Brian just said, I mean, the the cultural differences I'm sure are very very uh, vast between our the way we operate over here and the way they operate over there. But I mean, the grass is all, you know, it's all speaking the same language. So that, that'll be, you know, that'll be interesting. What I'm, what I'm kind of most looking forward to is how, you know, I get a chance down here in Mississippi to learn a whole lot about cool season turf. Uh, and from what I understand with what they're doing over there, it's, you know, more or less totally different than just Bermuda grass wall to wall like we have. So that, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. And obviously working with the folks over there because they, I mean, I'm sure they have totally different life experiences and, and just different backgrounds than what we're used to, what we're used to meeting here, I guess is the way to say that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I think when you look at golf course management in areas like England, uh, Germany, places like that, that uh, I think there's a great curiosity among, among you know, colleagues and people in the industry here over what they do there. As I found, there's there's many many similarities 
um, and, and things that apply whether you're managing turf in in Paris or London or, or here in the states. And there's also some just uh, you know, hugely different uh, things that that take place. And so uh, that'll that'll be uh, interesting. St- Stephen, I I did not ask you. Have you had much uh, tournament prep experience as, uh, oh. prior to prior to this opportunity? Um, nothing at the professional level like they're having here. We we host uh, or we didn't this past season, but we host a women's college tournament annually we prepare for, but uh, like NCAA tournament. But aside from that, no, sir. Well, nothing will be, a, it, it'll be our, a, you know, our normal member guests and that sort of stuff, but nothing, well, nothing at that right. level. <laughs> right. And I, and I, you know, I don't want to, you know, if you, when you have the opportunity to go to an event like a Ryder Cup, a U.S. Open, a PGA, those things stand apart from not just what, from anyone. I mean, there are very few people that'll uh, host events of, of that magnitude. Now, the core basics, as I've witnessed them, and again, we're talking, uh, I'm, I'm a self-admitted uh, uh, amateur agronomist here, but um, <laughs> from, from, what, from, what I've, from what I've witnessed, the scale of these events is just, is just is unbelievable. But the foundational stuff that, uh, that superintendents do, that their crews do, that the volunteers take part in, um, they're all relatively the same. And um, I'm, I'm, I, I think you'll, you'll find once you get over the fact that they're, you know, people maybe cheering you on as you're mowing a green or cutting right. a cup or whatever you might be, might be doing. Um, no, that, kinda, that the, really the core duties, what you do on a day to day is, is pretty much the same. Right. Kind of that's in addition to what, you know, we're talking about interest in the meat, you know, people, we're so lucky in our profession that people that do what we, you know, what we do in general, at least I feel really love what they do. I mean, so it's, it's going to be really interesting to kind of see that, you know, that sort of difference with, with how much pride they take in their work. And, you know, obviously at the level they are, I'm sure they take a tremendous amount of pride in the work that they do. But, you know, in, in our workforce, at least here, I mean, people really just, if you're working in this industry, I mean, you've got to love it to stick with it. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing how they go about their work day and sort of what they, how their feelings are, you know, for us, it's not just a job. I mean, this is something we love to do. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing how they feel about that as well. Yeah, and, and in addition to the kind of the connections that you'll be able to make internationally and with people all over the world, a great group of fellow GCSA members. There's ten of you guys um, traveling. Um, I believe, uh, I believe at the same time, Brian. What's how, how's all this working logistically? I understand that I think you're all traveling uh, to New York City uh, at the same time and then departing as a group from there. Uh, how, how's all the logistics working for you guys? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much it. Well, we're meeting in uh, meet at JFK, fly over together, and. Uh go straight to the golf course and then we'll get our information from there. And there you have rooms set up for us and a shuttle for back and forth. And that's, that's it. Well, we're, we will be, you know, that, um, um, I'm, as golf fans, as we're all in, in this business, and I know at least to some level, fans of the professional game, this is a, this is one of the the highlight events of the of the golf calendar, along with Masters and U.S. Opens and PGAs and things of that nature. Uh, we will all be watching. Um, we're gonna uh, just for the listeners' uh, knowledge, uh, GCSAA and uh, GCM will be working with some of the folks uh, that are heading over there to get uh, some periodic updates um, from. Uh, from the maintenance aspect of what's taking place at Le Golf National, uh, we will be posting those on social media on the GCM website at www.gcmonline.com. There's obviously a bit of a time difference. Is it, uh, guys, is it six hours difference, seven hours? Six hours from here. 
East Coast. Seven. Six hours from, seven from, from here. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, seven from the central. So we'll let you all figure out your own time zone and the listenership and figure out. But uh, uh, so there will be a little. You guys will be up and Adam working while most of us will be uh, heading back, heading to heading to bed. And so, uh, but you will be able to hopefully keep track via um, via social media, uh, via online communications with uh, GCSA's vehicles. So stay tuned for that. So, well, gentlemen, thank you again for taking the time to uh, to chat with us today. This is a super exciting opportunity. I hope you have a have a magnificent experience. And we will have to uh, touch base with you when you get back to the states to uh, uh, to see how everything went. So have a great time over there. That sounds good. Yep. Thank, thank you, Scott. Yeah, and thank and thank y'all thank at, you, Brian. at GCSA and Capillary Concrete and everybody that made this happen because this is really really some exciting. So thank y'all yeah. again. Yeah, that's uh, and uh, and full credit to Martin Sternberg as I mentioned earlier in Capillary Concrete, um, something that they wanted to do. We were super happy to to, to help them uh, get the word out and kind of organize the competition because we know that it's a great opportunity for members such as yourself. So go get them, bring back a, a U.S. victory. We'll be a little a partisan here at the very end. Bring back a, a second consecutive Ryder Cup for the U.S. and we will uh, we will chat with you when you get back. Thanks, guys. Sounds great. Thank you. And we're wrapped.